1: informed, motivated, and recharged on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Every day is a stellar day on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Let's get this party started. Cynthia will be back to kick it all off after this break.
2: You'll find all you need the
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Where the world comes to talk. That's 1-866-613-1612 or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you
3: are. Well, are you wondering what the latest birth control methods are? Today, Heather Brittany will be giving you the latest and the safest. And if you love to cook and you want fast, healthier ways To prepare meals, Lorna Sass is going to provide 150 tempting recipes for cooking under pressure. And if you like dumplings and you want to make them homemade, Connie Lovett is coming to us with the book, The Dumpling. It's a hot cooking program today. Well, hello, Power Partners. And welcome to Radio's Finest Program, a positive book talk. It's Star Style. Be the star you are. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And, of course, we are your success coaches right here on the Airways with you every week. We bring you the authors, the experts, and the down-home advice and inspiration and motivation to help you live a better life. So get ready to pump that energy and love and learn and laugh, listen, and, of course, live your dreams through books, positive media, because we are a show about following your heart and our purpose is to help you understand that you are the writer, producer, and star of your own life. We have three rules that we live
2: by. Heather, give them out. Most definitely. We want you to smile, have fun, and be willing to take that chance to be wild and crazy. Exactly, because when you do that,
3: life is more fun, you play more, and actually you get more done. And that's what life's about, is we really do want to enjoy ourselves, because it's awfully short, The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Star Style Productions, coaching you to be the best person you possibly can be. The quote's by Vince Lombardi, the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary. And also Charles (laughs) (laughs) Dickens, because it is the season for giving, a loving heart is the truest wisdom. Well, just a couple of quick comments before Heather gets right into birth control for us. And that is, we want to encourage you to enter our sixth annual essay contest sponsored by The Twelve. Go to TheTwelveBook.com. This is a book by Bill Gladstone. You've seen the, the movies out, 2012. Well, this is the book, another different take on it. And our essay contest, you can find the uh, guidelines at be org. Click on Write and then go to Essay Contest. We'll have another month. You can win $100, a a visit on this radio show, publication, and, of course, there's other prizes. And we also want to remind you about our new book, Be the Star You Are for Teens. Go to BeTheStarYouAre.com. You can order now. And we're giving away for this season when you order a book directly from us at BeTheStarYouAre.com, a book called um, Cooking 101. So you're going to get two books for the price of one. So buy your books today, give your gifts. It'll be great. Well, in any case, birth control has been around for thousands of years, but not in the way that we know it today. And in the last 30 years, the biggest liberator of women has been the development and the progression of birth control. Today we do have many safe and effective methods available to us, And it can be a bit confusing. Mm -hmm. So Heather Brittany, who is a reproductive health assistant at Planned Parenthood, dedicates her life and her time and her hours outside of this radio show to offering choices and information so that you can make informed decisions about your reproductive health. So, Heather, I want to talk to you today about the new methods, the old methods, maybe a little bit of history of contraception, And
2: let's talk about some of the effectiveness of birth control. Definitely, because this is what I do every day, all day. And as taboo and as silly as it may sound, I truly love my job. And every day I learn so much. And just as um, many young kids today in high school, junior high, I went through sex education in school, um, where the big thing they promoted, of course, was abstinence, which, as we all know, is the only method of birth control that is 100% effective. Yes, that both. is 100% uh, preventing, effective, yes. Uh, That's probably pregnancy. what was practiced for thousands of years, right? Exactly, Except for, um, from preventing pregnancy as well as uh, the transmission of sexually transmitted infections. We no longer call them STDs, we call them STIs, um, because 9 out of 10 of them are just uh, an infection that we give you, most of the time they're bacterial, we will treat you with antibiotics and it's gone, we're trying to destigmatize. And, uh, well, is, that why, is that why they changed the name, is to destigmatize well, the idea of a disease? In a sense, to be, for, that is one thing, to destigmatize, because when people hear disease, that is horrifying. That, that sounds like my life is over, it's done, I will never be a for human being. Infection sounds like very common. I mean, not to say you want any of these things, but it's also, it's to destigmatize, it's to get people to come in for testing, uh, you know, just do routinely and, you know, to also be more accurate is that a lot of these things, it's not a disease, it's not, you know, an epidemic that's spreading all over, that's killing people. Things can kill people if they go untreated, but for the most part, as I said, it's a lot of things are bacterial infections. We give you a week of antibiotics just as you were if you were to get, you know, bronchitis or laryngitis. That you know, you just take your medicine, you stay away from people, and you're good. I want to ask you
3: about that. Have you found that since the name has been changed, it has changed the behavior of
2: people or the thought
3: process behind?
2: The interesting thing for me is when people come to check in, um, especially you know, people. We want them to feel comfortable and have things as discreet. So on our check-in sheet, you know, we have you know, mark all that. uh, You know, are you here for contraceptive? Are you here for consultation? Uh, STI testing symptoms no symptoms and then we also have a box um, you know, that says other and all the time people always mark other uh, and then they write STd testing and uh, so I, I then I go over it gives uh, the great news is um it's getting out that gives me an opportunity to teach people to talk with people about that and also um even when people aren't coming in for testing if uh, they're coming in for what we call a hope which means uh, we are able to give a hormonal birth control without a pelvic exam. How uh, people used to believe they had to get, uh, you know, annuals get their pap smears. Well, as long as your your pap comes back uh, normal, we advise that you don't pap for two years. Oh, I and wanted to so, talk to you
3: about that because what doesn't the American Medical Association still tell people
2: to do pap smears once a year and mammograms you know, once a year? And actually, you know, uh, this is. People have been current up with the news right now. There is a big debate. It's going to Capitol Hill how um, a lot of doctors are coming for it and saying they – I forget what they, the information they real—they released, but they were saying kind of that people don't need to get caps as, you know, almost not even as two years. And mammograms, they wanted to push it to much later ages. And a lot of – you know, some doctors are saying, you know, that's not good because now people – aren't going to want to do these testings or, or will think it's not important when it is well, so important. Early prevention is what you're trying to do, right? Exactly. I mean, there's a there's a catch-22 with everything is that you're either doing things too early and it's not useful, or sometimes, you know, with PAPS, if they're doing over-PAPS, uh, you know, they can, you know, cause, get false information because they're agitating uh, the cervix and they'll be getting, you know, they they could cause a yeast infection and something will come back uh, looking that it could be abnormal cells. Um, but also, you know as, as we've discussed on certain things, with cervical cancer today, there's no excuse for women to die of cervical cancer because um, it is such a catchable a, a disease, a catchable cancer, that it, the way it's found is through uh, PAP. It's through when people, when they find the cells for HPV, and HPV is the number one leader that leads to cervical cancer as well as genital warts um and it's just so easy they find it they cure it not a, you know they fix it it's so much better but the thing that happens is anytime as we've discussed it's a silent killer is that by the time people are feeling any kind of symptoms of you know something is not right it's too late is that they can't do anything so that's why you know it, there's so much controversy out there and unfortunately I'm not I am not uh, a licensed medical doctor to you know be telling People, but based on the information that my practitioners have taught me, you know, we always encourage, uh, and especially women when they're going to be sexually active. We used to say at age 18 uh, whether someone was sexually active or not, but now they actually say 21, unless uh, it's either 21 or three years after their first sexual activity. Now that's what? Are you talking about getting a pap smear? Talking about getting a pap. But again, okay. as this is just their you know current rule of thumb. But again, that it's. Every individual, just as everyone's care and as everyone's contraceptive choice, uh, should be um, based on their individual lifestyle because uh, it, testing is going to be more important if I have a 17-year-old girl, you know, coming in that's, in, okay, I'll say, having a 21-year-old girl coming in who's only had one sexual partner, has just started versus having a 21-year-old girl who's been sexually active for seven years and has had multiple partners, you know, there's a different, it, we need to base things on people's personal sexual history of how in demand these testings are. Well, quick question. Um, very, women have the pap
3: smear to test mm-hmm. for uh, cervical cancer. What do men have,
2: young men have? Because I mean, well, I know obviously there's, unfortunately, there's... Unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean, that we could do a whole show, which I believe we even have, about HPV. Um, unfortunately, uh, one thing I, am Because there's so little information out right now about HPV, and we have this great vaccine called Gardasil that protects against four of the main uh, strands that we're really concerned about, two that cause cervical cancer and two that cause genital warts. Uh, Both men and women can get genital warts. Only women can have cervical cancer because only women have cervix. Uh, But there's over a 100 different strands of HPV. And almost, I want to say, you know, I everyone I've ever seen, I'm sure, has it and just doesn't know it. And the thing is, uh, now that women are being more proactive about their sexual health and they're getting these PAPs and their PAPs are coming back abnormal and that's because there's so little information out there, you know, people are so scared and they, they're viewing it as, you know, oh, you gave me HPV. And we actually don't even consider it a sexually transmitted infection. It is so common um, and for the most part, you know, and what and is this that is so common? That genital warts is so common. Well, no, that HPV, not uh, genital, genital warts is very, very common, but HPV, um, the human virus, that's what it stands for. And it, it, you can uh, contract more than, there's a little over a hundred different strands of it. Uh, but the thing is, there's, before that really for the most part it's just kind of someone saying oh you know there you have bacteria in you it's it's really it's nothing um but that's scary for people and that's why they do the testing and in the lab they're they're able to detect you know oh you have strand 87 or something which is nothing um i believe it Four sixteen eight. Oh, I don't have it off the top of my head, so I can't. Remember. I don't want to give people false. Well, no, that's alright. You don't have to give us the whole thing. But, but there are. Right yeah. There are. There's nothing. You know, if a man has genital warts, it means he does have it. But as of right now, there is no testing um... for it. They're. Uh, guards they're coming out in the next year or so with a male vaccine for uh the general warts one, but it's still in the early trial so it hasn't come out yet. But well um, as the now that there is no testing for it.
3: Now what about let's get to birth control because exactly. in the
2: past <laughs> it was
3: you know of course the hundred percent is the abstinence and then there mm. then of course there were condoms and then there were diaphragms and then and, and
2: what I, and what I wanted to say when I was opening with that, the abstinence as though that's true it's just not true, is that we know as much as people, I am such a big advocate that parents, I never understood why kids in school would have, their parents would opt them out of sexual education class, and they would, because children need this information. It starts early, it starts at home. Open these conversations with your kids by not telling your children information, it doesn't prolong things, by being open and honest and letting them know the options and letting them know You know, sex can be a great thing, but when it's shared with someone you love and all that, you know, you can put your own moral spin on it, but be, you know, tell the facts. Don't just say, you know, there's absence only until you're married. That doesn't prolong sexual activity. Open honesty does and let your kids know the thing to come to you about this information.
3: And Um, I'm sure sure that
2: that's something that you see
3: as well as other health practitioners see is families where it's taboo to talk about uh, sexual activities or to discuss your feelings or anything like that. It doesn't stop the 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 kids from exactly. doing it. They may be just doing it in hiding. And then I imagine many of those kids will get into more trouble than the ones that have had the information. Exactly.
2: And, and something that's great, too, you know, Planned Parenthood not only goes into schools and teaches information, but also they hold programs for parents to live about information. Because one of the big questions I always ask to people um, when they come in and I say, you know, what's your current form of birth control? And they say none or condoms. And they say, "What's your desired form birth control?" And I say, "Birth control." I say, "What? What is birth control to you?" And they're like, uh, uh, "Don't you take pills?" And and that always amazes me is that there are so many more options than just pills. And for a lot of women, they can't take they can't take oral contraceptives uh, due to that's why when people come in, we ask kind of invasive questions because we need to get to the nitty gritty of your health, as well as taking all your vitals. If you have high blood pressure, uh, or, or stroke, or heart attack runs in your family. Oral contraceptives may not be a good thing for you because it could actually put you at more of a risk. For stroke, heart attack, blood clots, anything with hormones has those risks, but we want to make sure that we're not only protecting you from pregnancy, but we're protecting you from a heart attack. Uh, with the things that being said, if women can't take oral contraceptives, there's the maneuvering, the pats, the depo shots, uh, IUCs which used to be called IUDs they have them in hormonal and non-hormonal um getting the IUCs I'm such a big supporter I think it's great for women uh, they can't take hormonal birth control or some women, one reason they don't want to take hormonal birth control is, you know, they want to feel natural. They don't want to be putting something foreign into their body. One of the IUTs called the Paragard is made of copper. Copper is the oldest form of birth control and worldwide the most commonly used. Uh, it's invert, they put this little T-shaped rod into the cervix. It can stay up there for 10 to 12 years. It can be removed at any time and it's nearly one hundred percent effective yeah. uh, with anything there's always side effects Um, you know there's always a possibility and why why there are so many options out there and why just in our clinic alone we carry twelve different kinds of pills is what one method may be amazing for someone and they swear by and it's changed their life could be horrific or possibly even deadly for someone else so it's really important um, you know, when people come in, that they're not basing their ju- their method of birth control based off a commercial or based off a friend, or you know, constantly I have patients ask, well, what did you use? Wait, and I always just say, uh, you know, I'm. The the birth control I think is the best is what's going to be the best for you.
3: Well, um, we of
2: course are out of time, so I have oh a feeling no, we're going, we to, going have to, have to, to do to, show. <laughs> Yeah, we're
3: going to have to uh, revisit this, Heather. So I think what we'll do is we'll put this on the agenda for an upcoming show so we continue birth control because it's a very very big issue. Yeah, well, you give out uh, give out the Planned Parenthood
2: website if you would, oh, as well definitely. as on your website. Yeah, please go to plan.org. It can be um, locate. you can get it at any of your local clinics as well as uh, nationwide. Also go to org and com. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for this information. And we will
3: get, we'll make sure that you come back on and do this. Again, and we're going to go yeah, into the bedroom it. into the kitchen when we come back from break. Or I guess the bedroom and the kitchen could be the same thing sometimes when Connie <laughs> Levitt joins us with her her book, The Dumpling. Yum, makes me hungry. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Britney, And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. When we come back, we're going to eat, so stay with us.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
3: We live in a fast-paced, technological world where decisions must be almost instantaneous. Thinking clearly has become a national pastime, but it's important to make sure that the decisions that you are making Are the right ones by asking yourself a few key questions first what am i deciding and is this decision absolutely necessary right now what other choices may i have is this the correct time to be making this decision or is it something that needs to be tabled to have more thought or research in order to make a more knowledgeable informed point once you've thought about these questions weigh your options but don't overanalyze because then you'll get what we call decision paralysis Make sure to assess the risks of making every decision, and once you've made the call, be willing to stand by it. Be decisive. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style with another business bite. Visit StarStyleProductions.com for coaching and consulting.
1: Are you wondering how to jumpstart your life while bringing more excitement and joy into every moment? Join the Goddess Gals, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, each week on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You'll hear from the experts and authors that inspire and motivate you to be your greatest unique self. Plus, in Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew, Cynthia and Heather tackle the topics and tips that make a difference. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio, Studio.
0: God says it rains good and bad on the Christian just as it rains on the non-Christian. We're all guaranteed a little of life's madness. Some of you have a deeper degree of madness than others. Let Walking Through the Madness with host Maia J. help you with that madness. By watching others and experiencing the issues firsthand, Maia J. is here to bring a method to your madness. So bring the madness on, whether it's money, love, sickness, family, or life. Walking Through the Madness broadcast live every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. That's one 613 1612 Or send an email to info at org. Now back to star style. Be the star you are with the Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are.
3: Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. My mouth has been watering over the break here <laughs> as I'm looking at all these amazing dumplings, A 100 mouth-watering recipes that are in the new book from Waihan uh, Chu and Connie Lovett called The Dumpling. Connie is with us today to share... These wonderful, wonderful recipes for the lovers of dumplings of every shape. Hello, Connie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm well, this is exciting. I absolutely love dumplings, but I never realized that dumplings weren't just potstickers and those kinds of things. Tell us about your book and what first got you interested in creating a book about dumplings. Oh, sure. Um,
4: uh, Wei and I were working together. He had a chocolate shop a few years ago. Um, he was doing handmade truffles and I was working with him and of course we had very late hours and we were ordering in a lot of food and and talking about a lot of food and um we uh We both share a love of dumplings, and just like you said, um, that you thought dumplings were just pot stickers, some people think they're just uh, raviolis, some people think they're just matzo balls. Everyone seems to have a very um, clear yet we thought um, a very um, limited view of what dumplings were and we We knew dumplings were everywhere we just uh, we wanted to know. More about them and um, and figure out just what made a dumpling a dumpling, and we and we really wanted to get together the best dumpling recipes, traditional recipes from around the world, and and sort of create a uh,
3: you know a dumpling Bible book. <laughs> well, and that's exactly what it is. So the description of a dumpling from what your book says, it's a portion of dough batter, starchy plant fare, solid or filled that's cooked through wet heat. But but it's not a strand. It's not like a spaghetti or a ribbon or anything. Right. So what does this mean? This wet heat is this a steamed? Is this a steamed dumpling? Tell us about that.
4: Wet heat. Um, that's that's what that's uh, one of the main compo- components. It's the it's the the factor that cooking method that we found around the world is what really defines a dumpling. Aside from the fact that they are. Um, starch based if it was uh, you know like made out of meat or cheese it's more of a meatball or cheese ball so starch is really at the heart and then the cooking method um, if it was baked or fried um, that's dry heat cooking and that's what gives you that caramelized crunchy crust um, and it's a it's a very different uh, mouthfeel and flavor and dumplings are cooked through wet heat which is steaming and simmering and boiling um, and it's it's does a much different um, thing to doughs and batters, and uh, that is at the heart of a dumpling. Well,
3: what sets the book apart, Connie, is you've uh, you've created it in such a way that it's the seasons, it's the months. You have dumplings for every month. Yes, it's, that I think that's a really fun way, so that people know what to make when. And that was uh, tell us a little bit about, like, what are some of the dumplings that we can expect for the month of December. Oh, sure, sure. Um, December
4: is a great month for dumplings because it's, uh, it's chilly for most people and it's a great time to be inside cooking. And, and that's when we start to see some of the heavier ingredients, um, dried fruits and smoked meats and breads and butters and a lot of uh, heavier soups and stews. Um, the root vegetable dumpling is one we've been making a lot of lately in classes um, and some demos, and it's, it's simply bread. And uh, some eggs and milk, and it's mixed together with with a bunch of sautéed um, root vegetables, and then it's boiled as you would any um, sort of hand rolled and dropped dumplings. And they're simply delicious. They're really easy to make. It's the first recipe in December, and we we sort of just as we the book is divided by, as you said, the seasons or the months. In each rest in each um, chapter, the recipes go from simplest uh, to to hardest or, or more complex. So the root vegetable dumpling is really easy.
3: See, I uh, love that because that's great for vegetarians as well. Oh, so, yeah. And something else that you have in dumplings. there. You have vegetarian uh, dumplings.
4: A lot of dumplings are vegetarian. Uh, more than uh, half the dumplings in this book are vegetarian, if not vegan. And even then, um, those that aren't, you know, if it had a meat filling, um, it's very easy to substitute. I use a lot of
3: mushrooms when I'm not using meat. It's uh um they're the mushrooms very mushrooms have that meaty flavor. I mean it's you know, even like portobellos often when you cook them they taste like veal or something. I mean it depends how you cook them. It depends how you cook them. And I, exact portobellos are great. I love um
4: hen of the woods or hen in the woods. That's a very uh meaty tasting dumpling and oyster mushrooms are great and um so they fill in perfectly if you if you're i wanted
3: to there. ask you about guava duff okay because this morning i was out under my tree i'm in, in california and um uh, all my guavas have fallen but they're not quite ripe yet
1: They're green, oh,
3: okay. and i thought i wonder if i can make the guava duff you can you can uh, you're lucky enough to have fresh gu- uh, guavas are uh, beautiful they're big and plump but they're still green Okay.
4: Oh, and so uh, do you have ways of of keeping them in the house and waiting for them to ripen or must they ripen on the tree?
3: You know, I I don't think that they have. I mean, they always fall. So yeah. they don't ever ripen on the tree. The deer come and shake the tree <laughs> and get them off. But I but they're actually kind of tasty green. So I I was thinking that maybe the guava ducks could be made with them. Yeah, they could. It's um we
4: use a guava uh jam in in the recipe cuz most people don't have fresh guava, um, right? The ability, yeah, the ability to go outside and chase off deer and get guava. <laughs> the way you do. So, I would definitely try it. Um, I would scoop it out and and, um, and sweeten it a bit and, and sort of reduce it and kind of get it to that jam like uh state. Um, and then make guava duff and it's a re-
3: it's a beautiful dessert. And it's really delicious. And see, so this is what's fun is that the dumplings again. When people are thinking dumplings, they're usually thinking savory, but dumplings can be desserts. They Oh, absolutely, and, and of all types, they they can be solid
4: and be dessert. And there's stuffed ones with fruit or nuts or bananas, uh, coconut sugar. Um, there are Asian dumplings that uh, are cooked like stews that are very very sweet. Um, there's there's hundreds of dessert dumplings, and and that's one of my favorite things about this book. Um, is that I love telling people that it's also a really great dessert book.
3: Well, and you also say that dumplings are re- are for the most part. Although you, as you said in the beginning, uh, that you have listed your recipes from easy to a little bit more complex. But in yeah. general, what you're stating in here is they're not that mo- that difficult to make. Anyone can drop spoonfuls of batter you know onto a surface and, and add them to a stew or make, or make something else with it.
4: Yeah, we find that if people can make pancakes or, or biscuits, they can make most dumplings. The ones that tend to intimidate the most are when you have to really roll out the dough and, and cut out rounds or squares and fill and fold and you're dealing with a thinner dough. Um, but it really just takes a couple tries, just some practice. And even um, the ugly or funny ones taste great as you're practicing.
3: Well, you know, uh, I'm Italian, and we call them Malfades. Yeah, okay. And the malfadis, in my opinion, always taste the best. So your mistakes are always delicious. They may not
4: look good, but they
3: taste good. Exactly. exactly. You can still um, eat the
4: mistakes, and you will get better at it. It just takes a couple tries. Um, and those are the more complex ones, those really thin rolled-out doughs. But otherwise... Um, I think most of these dumplings, and a lot of dumplings are really fun and easy to make with kids. Um, so it's just picking and choosing and seeing what your skill level is and, and challenging
3: yourself because they, they really are. And that was something are. I thought would be really fun is to be doing this with kids. Yes. I think what a great family uh, you know, experience that, or a tradition that you could make is Choose, go into the book, open the book, choose a dumpling that everybody wants to make or a couple of them, and yeah. have a family, you know, a family time. Absolutely. It's so it's so much fun. And a lot of these you can freeze and, and you know, eat
4: later and um, and remember when you, you all sat down a month ago to make them. And uh, it, it really is a lot of fun and something to do with kids. It's great.
3: You know, this is a great point you just made about freezing because so many of us, especially during holiday times, uh, or any time of the year for that matter, there's occasions coming up, whether it be graduations, you know, or Mother's Day or maybe an engagement party, and you want to get a head start on your cooking, so you want to make things and freeze them. Th- the dumplings are really freezeable for the most part, right? Yeah, for the most part they are. Some you freeze before
4: you cook, some you freeze um, after you cook them. Um, but they they really are, and they keep uh, wonderfully. And I made a whole batch of them with my sister in North Carolina just a few days ago because it was Thanksgiving, and it, they weren't for Thanksgiving, but they were for us to eat during the rush. They were just so quick to you know take out of the freezer and cook up so that she and I could feed ourselves and <laughs> fuel ourselves as the you know the and you were making all the Thanksgiving goodies. Yeah, yeah, without having to cook any, they were already made. We would just uh, you know steam them up, and and it was great.
3: Now, is there a trick, Connie, to, if you're taking them out of the freezer and uh, putting them in, like you're going to steam them, or do you put them in boiling water? What is the, the way? I mean, how do you keep them from sticking together? Because, you know, when you buy packaged dumplings or packaged, uh, what do they call it, stickers? sometimes, yeah. they stick together. And that's they always will. so frustrating. Is there some secret to that? There is.
4: There's two things. One, when you're um, making all your dumplings and, and then you know going to freeze them, is you want to make sure you have them sort of on a flat surface, like a cookie sheet, and they're spaced apart so they're not touching while they're um, being frozen. Once they're frozen, you can you know put them in bags or in containers, and if they stay in the freezer, they're not you know going to um, melt into each other and they're rock hard, and it's great. And then, uh, when you take them out to cook them, it depends on the dumpling. And so with each recipe in the book, if it's a dumpling that can be frozen, whether it's, bef- you know, before or after cooking, and now it's time to, uh, cook or reheat them again, we let you know if it's the type of dumpling you should let thaw before steaming, uh, or, or if it's the kind that you just um, put in frozen. Whether it that is
3: to the, so helpful because I yeah. think that's a big mistake that people make is that they'll thaw things out that shouldn't
4: be thawed. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If I had thawed the ones I made in North Carolina out, we would have wasted a bunch of <laughs> hard work. We just you know steam them right from the freezer. When others, um, the tamales you want that we freeze, we thaw before reheating.
3: And I I laughed when you I read about tamales. I never realized that tamales were actually kind of dumpling. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a you know it's that it's the that corn tamales. and exactly. you know, have the the Brazilian worn, the the corn and coconut.
4: Yes, pomones, uh, the delicious. Um, it's it's usually uh, corn, um, and it can be cassava, um, it can be uh, potato. Um, different starches, but it's that same idea of just that that portion of of dough or batter that's uh, that's simmered or, or boiled or steamed. Um, but these typically don't have any binders in them,
3: like eggs or gluten. So it's that. And you ha- that's thing, the thing—the gluten free, because a lot of people are having problems with gluten these days. So you actually have the recipes for gluten free dumplings as well. We have plenty. With we, there's a lot of rice dumplings and a lot of corn dumplings.
4: Um, Uh, and it's, they rely usually on leaves or husks to hold them together during the cooking process. And once they're cooked, they're, they're like perfect little cakes.
3: Well, give us your website because this is such a fun book. And there aren't books out there like this. And in this way, you can go out and anyone can go out and make dumplings for every month of the year and find all different kinds of choices from the savory to the dessert and the sweet ones. And, of course, have fun with your kids and your family. And as you were saying, Connie, is just make things in advance so that you can just pop them in your mouth when you get really busy or after a busy work week. How easy to have these dumplings already made. So what is the website you'd like us to visit? Sure, it's thedumpling.com. That simple. That easy, thedumpling.com. Yes. Thedumpling.com. And the name of the book is The Dumpling. The Dumpling, A Seasonal Guide. So easy, so yeah. easy to do. By Juan Hanchu, I mean Wei Hanchu and Connie Lovett. Yeah. So thank you for this cookbook, "The oh. Dumpling: A Seasonal Guide." How fun! I just love it. I just really, I, I, I want some
4: dumplings now. Oh, and and thank you so much for having us on. And um, and just and I just wanted to say, just as you work so hard uh, to promote literacy, um, Wei and I feel very strongly that literacy in the kitchen that knowing how to read a recipe and to cook and to cook at any age and uh, is is so very important.
3: You know, um, I thank you for saying that it's critical because especially in this day and age when people are not getting as much fresh foods as they as they could be getting, it's so uh, much better if they know how to put together flavors and to put together good ingredients so that they eat more healthy. And your book yeah. The Dumpling can help them do that because it's yeah, tasty and beautiful, and they can, you know, they can grow some of their own veggies and herbs to put in your dumplings. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you again, Connie, for being on the show. Go to www. www.thedumpling.com and pick up a copy of the book, The Dumpling, A Seasonal Guide. Thank you, Connie. When thank we come you. back from break, we're going to stay in the kitchen because we're going to have some cooking under pressure. We're going to be talking about pressure cooking with Lorna Sass. I love this cooking show. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Keep your mouth watering. We'll be back in a sec. Excellent. I am ready to go. Hi, Cynthia. Hello, Lorna. How are you? I'm very well.
1: The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. apathy violence and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country you can be a change maker when you dare to care by supporting be the star you are charity a 501c3 that empowers women families and youth through improved literacy positive media and tools for living visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world everyone counts that web address again is www.bethestarur.org be the star you are .org.
0: Is your sexual relationship satisfying? Do you have a nagging question about sex and you can't find the answer? Tune into Sex in Our Cities with hosts Donna Kane Francis and Robin Potter Kimball. Two advanced practice registered nurses are here to answer all of your questions about sex and relationships. Each issue will be presented in an objective, unbiased perspective designed to educate and empower you to make healthy decisions and bring about change in your life. Sex in Our Cities is broadcast live Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel.
1: Are you wondering how to jumpstart your life while bringing more excitement and joy into every moment? Join the Goddess Gals, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany each week on radio's favorite power hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. You'll hear from the experts and authors that inspire and motivate you to be your greatest unique self. Plus, in Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew, Cynthia and Heather tackle the topics and tips that make a difference. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio, Studio. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation to improve literacy and positive media. All contributions and donations are tax-deductible. To comment on today's show, please call in toll-free at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Or send an email to info at bethestarur.org. Now back to Star Style, Be the Star You Are with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are.
3: Well, thanks for being with us here. We are still in the kitchen, and I'm still Cynthia Bryan, and this is still Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Just want to remind you about the 2009 Six Family Oral Essay Contest, which is underway right now, where the topic is writing about your role model. You can win dollars and an interview on the show, Publication as well as other gifts, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org under write. Well, we are in the kitchen, and right now we are going to be cooking under pressure. Lorna Sass is a James Beard Award-winning author of numerous cookbooks. And when her mother returned from India back in the 1980s, Lorna wrote her first book on pressure cooking. We are now celebrating the 20th anniversary of her book, Cooking Under Pressure, and it showcases more than 150 recipes for soups, risottos, roasts, desserts, and more. A very warm welcome to you, Lorna. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Well, I am happy. I'm having this cooking show today. This is, like, so much fun because I love to eat, and I love that things can be fast and still delicious. So let's talk about the pressure cooker that went out of, out, of, um, out of, I guess, fame or liking for quite a while and now is back in a much safer and healthier manner. Yeah, back in the 50s, a pressure cooker was pretty much a wedding gift for everybody. And as a matter of fact, when when I was brought home from the hospital, uh, my dad told me when I wrote Cooking Under Pressure, he said... Um, we had people unexpectedly over to come meet you and we made the whole meal in the pressure cooker in ten minutes and so everyone had one then and, uh, and little by little I think with frozen food and TV dinners and what have you, the pressure cooker went out of favor and also because some people who didn't use the pressure cooker correctly had accidents. You, to, you know, well, we were just talking uh, during the break here, and I had that happen with my grandmother who was from uh, Italy, and I know when I was a little girl, she did something. She put the lid on wrong, and next thing I know, the, the lid literally went through the ceiling. We had yeah. a huge hole in the ceiling, and so the pressure cooker got banned from the house for a while. Yeah. Well, this is such it's so sad, and believe me, I've heard every version of that story you can imagine. But what the word we have to get out now, okay, here's the thing. The cardinal rule about pressure cooking is once you reach high pressure, you have to turn down the heat. You use very the high heat to bring up the pressure. We can talk about how a pressure cooker works in a moment. But if you don't turn down the heat, the pressure will keep rising. Now, in the old cookers, there weren't safety backup mechanisms to accommodate that. So eventually, the little chugga-chugga-chugga thing on the top of the cooker, that that blew off, et cetera, et cetera. Nowadays, the cookers on the market... They have numerous safety backup mechanisms, so if you should forget to turn down the heat, um, either a vent is going to re- going to release or a gasket is going to extrude from the lid. There are two and sometimes three or four backup safety mechanisms, so it just won't happen anymore. And I'm just trying to get the word out because you know, I mean, you can have a fork tender beef stew in 30 minutes. You can have a lentil soup in 10 minutes. You can. You no, know, just- this is. It seems like the absolute. Perfect, fast food. I mean, I, I have two pressure cookers, and I absolutely love them, but I've never really had recipes until reading your book. Really? You know, I, just sort of really? Oh, I, well, just I have a blog now there, too. It's called uh, cooking, Pressure Cooking with Lorna Sass. I love that. Yeah, I, so people can you know, look on my blog for recipes. or I have actually four pressure cooker cookbooks. Right. Well, we, people can go to LornaSass.com, exactly. and they can see your different books. And we'll also get to the blog that way. Yeah, should I take a minute to explain how pressure cooking Please, works? would you? So what happens is basically it's stovetop cooking, but the lid of the pressure cooker has a rubber gasket inside. And when you lock the lid in place, which is literally a matter of, of lining up the handles and turning it, it's, it's not, you know, any big deal. Um, and then you, you uh, turn up the heat and... You have to always allow uh, two or three inches on the top of the pot for the steam pressure to build. And you create a vacuum in the pot because of this rubber gasket, and the steam pressure builds. And uh, once you reach high pressure, which is 15 pounds of pressure, water boils at 242 degrees instead of the normal two twelve. So since the water is boiling at a higher than normal temperature, the, f- the food, the fibers in the food break down in record time. So you're going to get, like I said, beef stew in a half hour. It's great for economical cut, cheap cuts of meat that are tough. That's what it really does a great job. Because breaking it makes down the fibers very tender, doesn't it? The fork tender. And it's wonderful for beans. It's wonderful for whole grains. Wonderful for a quick risotto, which has... And kind of become my comp- standard company dish. It takes four minutes under pressure. Pressure cooker just yanks the starch out of the rice and then you do a little stirring at the end. Then what surprises people too is you can make cheesecakes and bread puddings in the pressure cooker as well. I was totally shocked at that as well as mm-hmm. the cocoa vin. Yeah. Oh, why does cocoa vin surprise you? I don't know. I just thought that it would be. Yeah it it just seems it just seems like it should be much harder than the way you make it. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah well anything that is a slow braise normally you know a pot roast or a brisket or corned beef anything that's going to take three hours automatically takes one hour um, and it's one pot cooking. Um you can also, I do this thing called triplex cooking where you put the potatoes in the bottom, you put the meatloaf in the steaming basket that comes with most cookers, you put some carrots on top, you, it, five minutes under pressure you you have dinner. You know, because people are so busy and harried today, Lorna, why not do this kind of cooking under pressure using the pressure cooker, using your recipes? Instead of stopping at fast food resta- restaurants where they're not getting any nutrition, this way they can get, you know, as you said, economical cuts of meats if they decide they want meats in it. But they can use great vegetables, great herbs, and they can have a really tasty dinner in a few minutes. Yeah, it's very, very soul satisfying in, in the in the way that the microwave never was. For people who uh, enjoy the slow cooker, the slow cooker is kind of the absolute opposite in that it takes six to eight hours, but it's the same kind of food, Uh, the stews, the soups, the just meltingly tender home-cooked taste Mm -hmm. that you get in minutes rather than hours. Yeah, it's comfort food. It's comfort food. That's what it is. And I think we need more comfort food today than ever before, because most of us are on the run, and so we're grabbing this, we're grabbing that, and as a result, we're probably hungrier, because we're not getting that satisfaction of the tastes and all of that. Well, one thing I really like about your book, besides the recipes that are in it, is that you have all the different rules and explanations on how to cook things, cooking times, just what you need to keep in mind when you are in the kitchen, and how it can... You can make your life so much easier by using a pressure cooker. Yes. Well, the, I have lots of charts in there for, for timings, and so that you can easily convert your own favorite recipes to pressure cooking by using these charts, or you can substitute one type of bean for another, again, by just referencing the chart and, um, but it's basically kind of easy cooking. It's a kind of throw everything into the pot, bring it up to pressure, and um, maybe stir in some fresh herbs at the end, and um, it's just kind of down home and friendly and fast. Well, tell me about the cheesecakes and the desserts, because those were surprising, as you see, you know, to think, because I've never done any of that. I've done... The vegetables, I've done the fruits and the pears and the and the meats, but I've never done. Um, well, yeah, you know, I don't know if people call applesauce a dessert. I've done lots of applesauce, but that takes I've, I've never done it, cheesecake or bread puddings or any of that. Yeah, well, well, basically, what you're doing is you're steaming these desserts, and um, in the case of the cheesecake, you just put the cheesecake in a springform pan and you set it on a steaming rack, either one of the collapsible ones if you have it, or a steaming rack that comes with the cooker. And uh you have a cup of water underneath which is what's creating your steam pressure. So you keep your you have your cheesecake just lifted above the water. And um, in thirty minutes and I think it's fifteen, I have to check the recipe, you you have cheesecake. <laughs> well do they sell these springforms that fit the pressure cooker now. Yes, cutters, yeah? you need a seven inch, and they seven they are inch. available. Okay. I mean, Cause most about, of them are bigger that I've seen. I haven't you seen the seven you inch, can just inch get ones. I get them online, and it's, it's 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 yes, they're absolutely available. So okay, so and the same thing easy. with you know like with the bread puddings you make in a soufflé dish, a porcelain soufflé dish. Because uh, I was interested in I really loved the recipe for the ginger amaretto raisin bread pudding. Uh-huh. That <laughs> I thought okay, I've got to try this one. I haven't tried oh, it wait yet, to I'm here hear how you bread. like it. Is it delicious? It sounds- oh, yes. I don't put anything in in my book that isn't delicious. It sounds so delicious. <laughs> so you must have had a great uh, fun, you know, retasting. I noticed in your credits that so you credited so many people with being your tasters. How fun to be on your tasting list. Yes. Well, I uh, one of the things I've always done as a cookbook author is I've had people test my recipes before they went into print. Because it makes them much more foolproof. You just food never, in a way, comes out this quite the same way twice. So when other people test it, they can alert me to any little issues they had or things that came out slightly differently for them, and I can then build that into the recipe. So I, I find that's helpful. Now, one thing I wanted to that, ask you, since you have written so many cookbooks, and you're obviously just an amazing cook yourself, and of course you, you have to be, you've been a James Beard Award winner as well, do you actually measure, because I'm the kind of cook that I never measure, I just kind of throw a little of this, a dash of that, so I could probably never be a cookbook author. <laughs> but well, you I guess the really dirty measure? little secret is when I'm not writing a recipe for publication, I don't measure, but okay. uh, when I'm writing a recipe, I have, have to. to. <laughs> okay. But that's what but, I was wondering: is in your private life when you're not recording your recipes down, you're so you kind of just know, right? I, I mean, do. you just you just got kind of feel for it, and you know yeah. how, how it's supposed to taste. But you know, I'm almost never not writing a recipe. Is that right? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm always well now, especially with the pressure cooker blog. You know, it's almost like a luxury. I, I can't afford by now just to throw it in the pot. I'm sure now. Well, probably because, yeah, I'm sure, because I'm sure people are contacting you and they want to know, you know, they're having issues or they want to know how to do something and you need to be able to troubleshoot it. Yeah, yeah. Although it's really, it's basically very easy. Um, It's stovetop cooking. I mean, the only difference is that you can't sort of open the lid and and give a stir or give a sniff or give a taste because once the lid is locked in place and the pressure is up, you just you have to bring the pressure down, in yeah, order to and press you gave the heat. a couple of ways too. I mean, you can let the pressure come down just by turning off the heat, exactly. or you can put it under cold water. Exactly. And I find, uh, and, and a lot of the new cookers too, you don't even have to put them under cold water. You can just press a, press a little lever. And you can you release the steam that way. Get a now, little bit of a facial, the, a free you've facial. You've said a couple of times about new cookers. What about those people? And I'm one of them that have. Um, I don't know. I have a pressure cooker, and I inherited. You know. So wow. How probably, old is it? Um, it's probably from the 40s. I guess. <gasps> oh my God! You have to, you really have a heavy old. I cooker. have a really heavy. You, you have and it works I know how to cook with it. I, it, but are they still safe? That's what I'd like you to tell us. Well, if you if you've have, yeah. I mean, my, I'm just surprised you haven't had to replace the rubber gasket. You know what? I, I actually haven't. I read that in there how we should have extras on hand. I don't even know if they make them anymore. Well, if you call the manufacturer uh, of that cooker, if that manufacturer is still around, um, I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to replace They might have it. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, let's give out your website once again, uh, and then that way people can get to your blog and they can see all the other books that you have written and they can keep tabs on what's coming up next because it's fascinating, and you're fascinating. The, her, your website, or Lorna's website, is That's lornasass.com. That's L-O-R-N-A-S-A-S-S dot com. Is there anything, any last final thought for Cooking Under Pressure, which is the name of your book, that you'd like to leave with our, our listeners? It's just my goal to get a pressure cooker into every American kitchen. You know, that's my goal because I, love I it. like I, a chicken in every pot. We need a pot exactly. in every kitchen. And with people like you on board, we're gonna do it, Cynthia. I love it. Well hey, I'm I'm on board. I love pressure cooking. So this was I was really excited to see that you are celebrating twenty years of of uh, promoting pressure cooking because I don't people don't do it. And they, they they really need to, especially in this day and age when we are pressed for time. So why not use pressure, hot pressure? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Lorna, I'd love to hear from any of your listeners who want to comment on the Pressure Cooker blog. And uh, I'm sure you have listeners out there who have been pressure cooking as you do. Absolutely. And I'd love to hear from well, them. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, com the name of the book, Cooking Under Pressure. I have been your host, and I'm your host every week. I'm Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be The Star You Are. For more information about literacy and helping the charity, it is that time of giving. Make a donation, a contribution. It keeps us on the air. It gives people words and thoughts to live by. Be the star you are. org. Until we celebrate next week, go out into the world, make it a great day, and be the star you are. I'm Cynthia Bryan. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks again for listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about Be the Star You Are Nonprofit Corporation, please visit BeTheStarUR.org. That's BeTheStarUR.org. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, here on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Enjoy a stellar week. You're a seeker.